Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Kalanda Henry decided to start her private practice last year during a global pandemic. She decided to let her imposter syndrome go and follow through with her dream of being a business owner. And guess what? Not only did she start her private practice, where she serves clients through early intervention, school contracts, and private pay, but she even caught the attention of the local news, which led to some pretty incredible things. But I'll let her tell you that story. If you've been wanting to start a private practice now, but worry about the timing, this episode will show you what is possible. Stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. Today's guest, Kalanda Henry, is truly a breath of fresh air. She's young, energetic, driven, and hasn't let anything or anyone stop her from pursuing her dreams. There are a lot of SLPs out there who want to have private practices because they feel stuck, dissatisfied, are burned out in their jobs at schools, hospitals, early interventions, and even other people's private practices. Maybe you fit this description. This is what I call the stuck SLP. The SLP who wants to give her clients more than the administration will allow her. The SLP who wants to spend more time with her family, or honestly, with herself, having more work-life balance. The SLP who has student loan debt that she wants to pay off, or life events that she wants to save for, and she doesn't know how she'll ever do it on her current salary. This is why I want to help people move away from being stuck SLPs and become successful private practitioners. The successful private practitioner sets her own hours. She chooses what kind of client she wants to work with. She sets her fees and her rates 
and isn't sitting around hoping and wishing for a raise. If she wants to earn more money, she gets more clients. And if she can't see them all, she hires people to see them for her. The successful private practitioner isn't stuck. She's going places, places that she wants to go in her career and her life because she's taken back control of her professional, personal, and financial life. And you can be her too. This is exactly what I teach people how to do in the Start Your Private Practice program. How to shift from being stuck SLPs to successful private practitioners. And we're going to be opening the doors for our big spring enrollment very soon. So if you're ready to transform your life and finally get that freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve, make sure that you are on the wait list over at startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist, and you will be notified as soon as we reopen. Some people have been waiting to start their private practices for a long time, staying stuck, waiting for the quote-unquote right time. But as soon as you hear from Kalanda, you will realize that there is no such thing as a right time. You have to decide to start your private practice, decide to get unstuck, and start moving forward toward the life that you have always imagined for yourself. Kalanda has started and grown her private practice at a time when others have been stuck waiting and waiting for another time. But while you were waiting, she decided to go out there and get it. And if she was able to accomplish all of this in 2020, imagine what she'll be able to do this year and beyond. So let me introduce you to successful private practitioner, Kalanda Henry. So before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Yes, my name is Kalanda Henry, and the name of my private practice is Broad Horizon Speech Therapy, and I am located in Jacksonville, Florida. So we have been trying to do this interview for a while. I've been, we, we've been, you know, we've known about each other for a long time. And I have watched your growth like over the last like six months to a year over, you know, Instagram just go crazy. So I can't wait to tell people what like this growth has meant to you. But before we get to that part, can you take us back to the beginning of your career as an SLP? Yes, absolutely. So I started out my path as a bachelor's level clinician because in the state of Florida, with your undergraduate degree, you can work uh, for two years as a bachelor's level clinician, um, ideally. And then if you get into graduate school, you can continue your path and work on a teaching certificate. So that's kind of how I started. After I finished my undergraduate, I got right in and I said, okay, I'm ready to start. And it was so funny because when I met with the supervisor, she was like, you, you, you are so personable. I feel like you're going to do great. Um, here's what I want you to do. I have another clinician who's in a similar spot as you. I want you to go out to her school, visit with her, and then you're going to call me back tomorrow and tell me if you can do the job. So immediately I'm like, yay. But then it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> what did I just sign myself up for? So I remember going out to the school, meeting with her, and I was like, oh, yes, I love this. I can totally do this. So I started working, and then maybe a year into that, 
I applied to graduate school and um, my graduate program where I attended, which is Nova Southeastern University, they happened to be there at like the career fair for the county that I was working for. So they were advertising the program and I was like, wow, you know, I can stay here and go to school. This is great. Like I thought I would have to move and, you know, kind of pick up and do all of these things. So I ended up, you know, pursuing my master's degree. And then I graduated and decided that I kind of wanted to um, take my clinical fellowship in a different route. And that was my first introduction into uh, working in private practice directly. Um, I had kind of, you know, interned and did some practicum hours. And this was a place that I had previously interned with, and now I was a clinical fellow there. So that's kind of how I got into the whole private practice world. Um, and then during my clinical fellowship, I just started to really um, look out on Facebook, and then I stumbled upon your group. <laughs> and I started to learn more, and I was like, man, you know. I really want to learn from other clinicians and, and really find out how private practice works. And, you know, kind of one of those things of an undergrad when they go around and they're like, where do you see yourself in five years? I was kind of always like, oh, I want to start a private practice. But it was kind of like one of those things that I said, but I knew I had not a clue of how I was going to get there. I just knew that that sounded like it would be a great idea for me. <laughs> Well, I love that, right? I love that you, you know, had that idea in the back of your mind, right? So it sounds mm -hmm. like you always saw yourself owning a business. Yes, I did have that, you know, somewhere in the back of my brain and deep in a reservoir, you know, and I just had to activate it again because, of course, like the biggest thing was fear. And I remember when I joined your group and you talked about the whole, you know, analysis, paralysis. And you kind of explained it and, and it just stuck. And I was like, oh, that's me. Like, I feel like she's talking to me. I have sat here and kind of figured out every reason why I can't do this, you know, all of the things. And then I watched your video and I, I was like, is she like really talking to me? Because it sounds like she's talking directly to me by saying, hey, you know, you've thought about this. You wanted to do it. You think you don't have enough experience. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Like, oh stuff me. <laughs> well, that's so important, right? It's important to see yourself like, and, and I, you know, I mean, to be honest, I do that on purpose, right? Like I'm a speech therapist too. I had a very similar situation where I got started seeing private clients earlier in my career than I think a lot of other people, you know, think is possible. So when I'm talking to my audience, I'm really also like sharing my own story, right? Cause I remember what that was like. And I just, I, you know, I'm the kind of person I'm an, I'm an Enneagram nine for anyone who likes Enneagram stuff, but like, I like people to feel comfortable and I don't like to, you know, make people feel, I don't know, like uncomfortable or feel like stressed out in any way. So that's one of the reasons why I like to help people get out of analysis paralysis and get moving forward. So there you are, you've had a year under your belt, like doing like in the schools, right. As like the bachelor level SLP, mm -hmm. go to grad school. Mm -hmm. CF in a private practice. And now you you are getting the benefit of seeing how that practice is run, but you're also kind of starting to explore how you might do your own private practice one day. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And so 
that was a great thing too, because coming in, by the time I reached, you know, the end of my program and starting at the private practice, my clinical fellowship was a bit different because I, at that point, was already like four years in. I had, you know, been in the schools for four years. I had worked with a specialized population. So I was coming to the table as a clinical fellow, but my supervisor was like, you know, I feel like you can totally do this because you've been doing it for so long, but still, I still wanted more to learn. And that was one of the reasons that pushed me because I felt like, you know, I knew a lot about working in the schools, but I really wanted to expand, you know, like that whole lifelong learning. I was like, there's more for me to learn. I need to be able to learn more. And after talking with some of the individuals that I worked with at school, they were like, you need to go. Like, you got to spread your wings, you know, take this placement. And that's what I did. I took it as like a leap of faith. And then there I was working in private practice. And I did that. And I worked with that company for about three years. And then I had my son. And so once I had my son, I kind of felt like, okay, you know, it was so fast paced with working and, you know, figuring out how to be a mom. And so I was like, okay, maybe I should go back into the schools because there I was again, you know, I need to go back to my comfort area because this is hard. So let me get back to where I'm comfortable at. And so I ended up back in the schools and I started in a new district. And then I ended up leaving that district like midway because there were just some things that didn't work out. So I went back to my previous district, but then as a contractor. So I was working as a contractor and then like, I'm thinking to myself, like, here I was thinking that I was going to go back on this easy path, you know, working, being a mom. Because, <laughs> yeah, right. Nothing about motherhood is easy. So I thought that I could make at least one aspect of my life a little comfort. So I went back and started working in the schools under the contractor, but it was the district that I'd worked for. So I had the experience. I knew kind of how everything worked. And then fast forward, I'm still researching everything in your group. And then finally, I just said, you know, I talked to my husband. I was like, that's it. I've watched Jenna's videos. I've purchased, you know, the roadmap. I've figured out how to set my price. I'm just going to do it. I'm ordering the form. (laughs) I remember reaching out to you and I was like, I need to purchase these forms because I'm like, this is it. I'm going to do it. And that was my first step. And then I just connected with so many people in the group. And then I just said, okay, I need to do this. And then fast forward, we go off on spring break. Had no idea there was going to be a global pandemic during spring break. And then we get the news that we're not going to be returning back to school. So I'm like, oh my goodness. At that time, I'm working in a specialized developmental delay preschool. Okay. So now my little 65 to 70 student caseload of little preschoolers and, you know, K to second grade is all online. So I'm immediately, how am I going to do this? How am I going to see all these kids online? And it just became so stressful. And that was it. 
like once I got to that point and I was kind of, you know, reaching out and then I started to feel like I felt like I was really going to leave the world of speech pathology. I felt like this is it. Like I can't do this. Maybe I should find another career. This is so overwhelming. And then that's what it was. I really had to sit back and evaluate, you know, this is if I'm going to do this, now is the time because I'm going to walk away from everything I've worked so hard for. And like, for me, I always felt like speech language pathology was like my passion. So me and working with kids and working with families and working with adults, like I always had like a heart to heart connection. Like I felt like every client I came in, I always tell all of my kids, like they were my kids before I became a mom. That's how I felt about them. So I just had to, I had to step away because I knew this can't be what this field is about, you know? And then, so when I started to read over the group and then I started listening to your podcast and so many stories that like resonated with me, I was like, Oh my gosh, these people are like, they were similar stories. And I started to feel like these are real people doing the same thing that I want to do. Um, so why not now? Why not now? And so that's what it was. Literally, the summer came, I kind of put things up in the air and I really started to getting my ducks in a row. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm doing this. And I had a goal that before school started back, I was going to do certain things and not return to my job. And I kind of told my husband, this is what I'm going to do. I know it sounds crazy. But I have this strange intuition that it's going to work out. I can't explain it right now, but I know it's going to work out. And I did like two weeks before the school year started. I put in my two weeks. I was like, I'm not going back, you know, for my mental health. I'm not returning. And that was that. (laughs) And that was, listeners, that was during the pandemic, right? This was just last summer, right? So a lot of times, um, and I've heard this a ton online, right? SLP, the whole, our whole world, right? But definitely our profession was really just, you know, flipped like on its head in with really no warning, right? And all of these things that we didn't think could happen online, we somehow either did them online or were expected to do them online. And that created a lot of problems for people, right? Where people felt internally conflicted about, you know, were these kids getting, you know, or adults, if you work with adults, but, you know, good care. Was I still being a good therapist? I mean, it really did, just like you expressed concern about maybe leaving the profession. I know a lot Mm -hmm. of people were in that, right? But rather than leave, you decided to create your own job, your own opportunity So tell people a little bit more about how you like really got started and what your first, you know, clients were like and that kind of thing. So really, um, in talking with the group, I started to learn more about early intervention services. So I decided to reach out to my local early step partnerhood and um, see how that process worked and kind of, you know, I had done everything on the state level. You know, I started an LLC. I had liability insurance already because I had it from practicing, 
you know, I had my certificate of clinical competence. Like I had everything I needed to start. So this was a way to kind of get my foot in the door. Um, and after consulting with some other private practice owners in the group, um, that was a good starting point. And because I really like that population anyways, I decided to reach out to the coordinator. You know, I sent her an email and said I was interested and I didn't hear back for a few days. So I kind of got worried. <laughs> so I like, oh, my gosh, maybe she's not going to respond to me. What was interesting is, lo and behold, like before I had my son, I had actually interviewed for an internal position there and they ended up hiring someone else. Um, that they said had a little bit more experience, which I was fine with that. And I was like, okay, then maybe this isn't for me. So I had a friend who worked there and she reached out to the coordinator and she said, you know, my friend, she just started a private practice. And um, I think she sent you an email with her contact. And so she got back to me after that. And I gave her my information with my business. And she said, okay, yeah, let's meet. So we met. Um, this is prior to the pandemic. So that was kind of like what I was like, yeah, let me get the ball started and rolling. And we met and she kind of explained the process to me. And I thought like, oh, yeah, I can totally do this. And she kind of explained that a lot of the clinicians um, that were working, they kind of, you know, had their little business on the side and they would pick up clients here and there and kind of see them after their school workload or wherever they were working at during the day and kind of during their time off. So that's what I had started doing initially, you know, just kind of doing that on the side. And then fast forward to like when the pandemic hit and I had finally, you know, caved and was like, okay, I'm ready to pick up more and really get the ball running. Um, and then COVID happened. <laughs> so it kind of put a halt on everything. Um, and then from that point on, after things kind of went past a little while, um, and I started, again, thinking, okay, maybe I shouldn't do it. Maybe I should. So right at the time when I finally made my mind, okay, I'm going to put in my two weeks, the coordinator reached back out to me and said, okay, Kalanda, I know that things have been crazy because of the pandemic, but we're ready to officially sign your contract. Um, we can offer you full-time. You know, we have enough clients to give you full-time if you want to do it. And I said, yeah, why not? <laughs> and I totally agreed to it. And there I was signing a contract and still thinking, like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I know how to be a therapist, but obviously this business aspect, I'm going to have to learn as I go. But yeah, I started there. I started picking up clients and then just still reaching out and, and exploring more about schools. And because I had worked in the private practice, um, the private practice that I worked for has contracted out to charter schools and private schools. So I had been the clinician who was going in servicing those students. And so I kind of felt like, hmm, maybe I should inquire about a charter school. Again, don't have a clue at what I'm doing. I'm just going with the wind here because, you know, I've decided I'm going to do this full time. And I am reading over in the group. You know, and I got your forms about the, the contracts and, and I'm like, OK, yes, I think I can do this. 
you know, I have to market myself. I know how to be a school clinician. I know how to do the paperwork. I can do all the things that they need me to do. So now they won't know about me unless I tell them about me. And that was kind of like the perspective. I started working with a marketing coach and he would tell me all the time. He's like, no one knows about you unless you let people know about you. Um, So all that organic connections and talking with people, he encouraged that. And so I ended up sending an email to a local charter school, reaching out to the principal saying, hey, uh, I'm a speech language pathologist. I own Broad Horizon Speech Therapy. We provide school services and interested if you would be looking for an SLP to service your students for next school year. So for a while, I didn't hear back from him. And, you know, I kind of had this plan already that. I'm going to try this for so long. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to go back and, you know, rethink things over. So I didn't hear from the principal for a few weeks. And then literally like a week before school started, he sent me an email and he said, oh, yes, we would like, you know, to contract your services. So then I'm like freaking out, like, oh, oh, my gosh. All right. This is it now. (laughs) And so they ended up interviewing me him and and the vice principal and you know they asked me all the questions that normal questions that you would ask during you know your IEP competence level and all those things and so everything went fine and I had to gather contracts get those things looked over and submit the contract and that was scary I thought like you know, I'm used to being the clinician that just shows up to the school, does the therapy, and now, like, seeing my name being on a contract and, like, with my business, it was just like, wow. And then at that point, when I got the contract, I remember reaching back out to you. And then that's when you told me about the um, group all about school contracting. And I was like, wow, great. Cause that, I think this is the route of where I would like to go because I knew I always loved the schools. Like that was just my passion. So I knew I needed to encompass that in my private practice somewhere. And that's kind of what happened. Like, and here I am now with the school contract. I'm still contracted with the early steps and early intervention program. So I have that. And then I have private clients as well. And I just recently got an office location because a lot of pediatricians were finding out about me and I was interviewed on the news, the local news. So then it just blew my mind. Like literally all of this, I thought to myself, like I just quit my job like a month ago. And here I am, you know, when the news reporter reached out to me and called me, I thought, like, what? She's calling me to interview me on the news? Like, I'm just this regular SLP who just quit her job and decided to start a practice. <laughs> You're not just a regular SLP, right? You were a go-getter, right? Y'all, y'all who are listening, keep in mind, she started her private practice in the middle of a pandemic, right? And, you know, there were a couple of times where she sent emails and, you know, could have gotten discouraged because people didn't get back to her right away. But like the stars would still align and Kalanda's private practice with, you know, private clients and school contracts and early intervention would take off in the middle of a global pandemic. Right. There are some people who are like, oh, no, not now. Like now would be not a good time to start a private practice. 
And then there's other people who realize the tremendous opportunities right now, because there's people going without services. And Mm -hmm. if you were able and willing to provide them, pediatricians need people to refer people to. EIs have wait lists of people who aren't being seen. So now is a great time to start a private practice. And Kalanda is like a wonderful example of this. I love it. Okay. So let me ask you, I have one other question. First of all, your office is awesome, right? And I know this because you did a amazing like marketing video. Tell people about the marketing video because it's awesome. It's on her, it's on her Instagram. Tell people also what is your Instagram handle so they can follow you. Yes, my Instagram handle for my business is Broad Horizon Speech, um, and then my personal Instagram is Kalanda underscore XO. But yeah, that was so fun doing that promotional video. I mean, it was a great opportunity. I felt like after working uh, with a marketer and kind of revamping my website and just increasing my overall web presence, right? Because once I was interviewed by the local news, more people were coming to my website. I was getting more traffic, you know, more calls. So I felt like I needed some kind of personable aspect to add to my business and really you know, showing me as a clinician and the different things that I offered, I felt like just seeing that as a visual and that psychological factor was so huge. So I was so impressed with the videographer. He did a great job in being able to piece everything together and um, just kind of market that new location. Because when I started, I was primarily home-based. You know, I was going into homes and that's what I was doing. And then once I decided that I was going to work with pediatricians and and kind of do some out-of-network reimbursement plans, plans and and doing that. So I I wanted to have an office location and kind of set myself up to continue to grow. So I did. And and like I said, just being in the group, connecting with so many people, it just has given me so many mentors through this process who have helped me and helped like shape like, oh yeah, this is what type of space you should go and look for. And then Voila, now I'm looking for the right thing. I would have never known to look at this type of space. And so it's great. Like it's in this great location. It's downtown. Um, It's literally across the street from the Children's Hospital and like a prime uh, medical center. So it's in a prime location. And I mean, Every day when I go there, I kind of like, I can't believe I have an office here. Like here, you know, like when I think of where I was last year, like stressed out, trying to figure out how I was going to see all these kids and, you know, planning teletherapy and not even having a chance to barely go to the restroom without running really quick and then get back to my computer and like literally be glued for seven hours and not be able to move to really having flexibility. And I mean, it was just incredible. But the video just really brought to life all of those aspects in one minute. And I felt like, wow, like this is it. You know, you can see all the aspects of what I'm doing, you know, what my business is about. And it was just great. Like it was such a great opportunity. And I'm so glad I had the chance to be able to add that to my website because I think it brought a lot of value. Well, a hundred percent. And you also like 
you know, you just look so confident and, you know, so, so poised. And, you know, I think that's, you know, well, I think when, I mean, I'm a parent, I, I also have, have kids. And when I'm thinking about taking my kids somewhere for services or like, you know, a camp, I don't know anything. It's like, you kind of want to see what the environment looks like. And you also want to see, you know, who are the, you know, who's the person or who are the people who might be interacting with your child, right? So you are showing in one minute, this very like lovely video about, you know, you as a professional, you're sharing the space. And I think it's very, you know, warm and inviting and also shows you just, you know, just a smart SLP who's delivering these services. I would a thousand percent sign up my kid for your speech therapy services. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So we talked about a little bit about your journey um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, I know that you, you know, cause I follow you on Instagram. And so I know that you've done some guest lecturing for some, for a local university. Can you share a little mm-hmm. bit about that? Cause I think that's one thing that sometimes SLPs and in particular private practitioners want to do is to have some relationships with universities and share either their experience in private practice or, you know, just about whatever they specialize in. So could you share a little bit about that experience? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's always been like a passion of mine to kind of work at that education aspect, you know, with mentorship. I've always felt like a strong connection to that. And given from my experiences in grad school, you know, I had some professors that stuck out to me and they really made an effort to make me into the clinician I am today. Um, and I wanted to give back to that. And I always wondered, you know, why are there so many clinicians who don't want students? You know, I would read these things on Facebook and not really understand. And I kind of at that moment put in my mind, like, I want to do that. Like, I want to be that person, you know, who really pushes the student to be who they are, but still hold them accountable so they learn and they learn the great value of this profession. And so I felt like I needed to find a way to be able to do that. And honestly, with me starting a private practice, this was the way that I got to that point. So interesting, fast forward, I have my uh, local interview on the news and one of the local graduate students happens to see that air on TV. Um, and so, as you know, in the field of speech language pathology, the amount of minorities is very small. You know, it's only 8%, and with only 3.6% being African American, which is what I identify as. And so, this graduate student. Um, who also identifies as African-American, saw me there on the TV, and she decided to look up my business. So when she did, she reached out to me and said, hey, um, I don't know if you're taking any interns. And at this point, I'm like, whoa, you know, this is really blowing my mind. Like, I just started a private practice, and now someone wants me to take an intern. So I kind of wanted to know more about the process. But then I thought, this is what I've always wanted to do. And I really do want to help shape future clinicians. So I said, have your uh, clinical supervisor reach out to me and we'll chat. 
And she did. So the clinical supervisor reached out to me and lo and behold, she was actually one of my mentors when I worked in the local district. So she was like, oh my gosh, Kalanda, I didn't know you started a private practice. And we started talking about all these things. And and then I said, you know what? Yes, absolutely. I'll do it because this is something I've always wanted to do. And so I signed up to my first contract. Right. Remember, I just got my first contract into a charter school. So not only did I take on my first contract with a charter school, but I signed a contract and an affiliation agreement with a local graduate program to supervise their students. So I was like, wow, oh my gosh, like it's really unfolding. These are all the things that I wanted to do. And man, just going into private practice is kind of what allowed these things to happen. Because had I not gone into private practice, I don't know if I'd ever have the opportunity to work with a student. Maybe, maybe not. So that was such a great opportunity. So once I got connected with that, one of the um, members who is the vice president of NISHLA, which is the National Student Speech Language Hearing Association, reached out from the chapter there at the university and said, hey, you know, it's February, it's Black History Month, and we're doing a segment on highlighting businesses, and we'd really like to interview you because we're talking about inclusion and diversity within our field, and we'd really love to hear your perspective. And I was like, oh, absolutely. I'm honored that you're even asking me, first of all. (laughs) So, of course, you know, I'll do it. And, of course, it was via Zoom. And I can't tell you, like, it was just great. The students asked some of the most amazing questions to me. And it was so insightful. And I've even had, you know, there were undergraduate students who were logged on as well as graduate students. So, and their professors who were on and them just, you know, I talked about my business, kind of told them how I got started. And one of my favorite questions was, what was the hardest thing about starting your private practice? And I was like, you just said it. That was it. Starting. That was the hardest part. That was literally the hardest part was me just starting. And Imagine if I didn't start, I wouldn't be here talking to you guys today, to be quite honest. (laughs) So it was just kind of that I decided to take that leap of faith and get out there. Um, And then they asked me some other great questions about how did I deal with imposter syndrome? And that was a great question because it was actually from a student who was a minority. And she asked me, she said, I've often battled with this as being, you know, an African-American student, like, how do you deal with that? Um, So I was like, man, these questions are amazing. It was great conversation to be able to talk to them and shed light on those topics, because that is really a huge goal of mine, too, is to continue to grow the diversity in our field. And so having conversations like that and being able to tell her, like, yes, like, I've dealt with that myself, you know, like, I've shown up to locations and people ask me, you know, oh, are you the, you know, maintenance? Are you here, you janitorial when I've worked in rehab, just assuming because I look like how I look, (laughs) 
And then when I say I'm a speech language pathologist, it's kind of like, oh, where did you go to school at? And um, how long have you been doing this? And so being able to have that conversation with students, like on a panel, and kind of share how that experience has been mine and how I dealt with that is just by being confident in who I am. Like, yes, I'm a speech language pathologist. I have this experience. Now I'm a business owner. Like I own it. You know, I'm here to show up. And I just kind of got in the mindset of, listen, there doesn't have to be room for me at the table because I'm making my own table. And you, you're welcome to come over here if you want to come. <laughs> well, just think um, about if you hadn't been on the news, right? And that yes. student hadn't have seen you, right? Exactly. So that's why that's why representation matters, right? Mm-hmm. And to have, you know, yes, it was Black History Month, and so it was good that the, you know the the whole thing happened like that. But like, had you not been on the news, and the student ran, I mean, what's grad students watch the news these days? Like, exactly, exactly. None of them, right? Yes, yes. Right? <laughs> but you know, she got to see you, and then you know, brought you into the program, right? Then you had like kind of rekindled like a previous relationship with a mentor, and then think of all of the students who heard you on the panel, heard your answers to, you know, some pretty deep questions, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now you're on a podcast where thousands of people are going (laughs) to hear this interview and it really, it makes a difference. And I really love what you said about making your own table. Yes. And that was huge. And I kind of always walked in that you know, when I was analyzing and trying to figure out if private practice was for me, always kind of figuring out, like, have I been doing this long enough? Do I feel like I have enough experience? Like, I don't have a million certifications and all these different areas. But I, I just kind of felt like, listen, there had been so many people who had talked to me and said, you know, I'd love for you to see my child or I'd love for you to work with so-and-so. And And it was kind of like those things that I just passed off because I was doubting myself and I didn't feel like I had the competence to do it. Not that I didn't have the training because I very well had the training, but it was just the self-confidence. And all of these opportunities have really like increased that for me um, and really created me to be in the mindset of, you know, you are your worst critic, right? Like, I'm the one who's the most tough of myself more than anyone. Um, So I just decided, like, I'm going to start showing up, period. Like, I'm not going to not do this anymore and doubt myself. And that's what I did. And so the fact that people were able to see that with my interviews on the news and, you know, see my presence online when they're researching to find my business and read more about me. So, I mean, it's, it's been tremendous. I just, I can't even begin to tell you like how many things that I've done. Um, and recently I was interviewed by one of my previous professors in an article talking about, you know, the challenges and triumphs of uh, minority business leaders in the field. And so they were interviewing alumni students. Um, And that was, again, an opportunity that probably would have not come about had I not started a private practice. So being able to do that and 
you know, that will be out in a few months and it'll be published in my alma mater's magazine. So the the fact that me, you know, Kalan, the SLP who is debating whether or not what she's going to do and to be here now to have these opportunities, like it just blows my mind every day when I think about it. So, and to be here, sitting here with you, like, you know, I was the one listening to all of your podcasts, like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. So when you asked me, I was like, what? Absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and I mean, listeners, isn't this incredible also that she's not only, you know, done this because this is a, a big lift, right? But to have done it, it within a year during arguably one of the worst years like ever, right? <laughs> you said something, you said a word twice that I just want to highlight again for the listeners, which is the word is decided, right? So back when you were talking to the students and someone said, what's the hardest part? And you said, deciding to start, right? And then later you talked about, you know, how to get over that imposter syndrome especially as a minority is to say, you know what? I've decided not to listen to that, right? From mm-hmm. other people and also not to listen to, you know, whatever inner critic you have in there, right? So growth comes from decisions and from deciding. So good for you for deciding to start and then deciding not to listen to either external critics or even your own internal critic because you would not be here where you are today if you were listening to garbage voices. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. I mean, that's the key word. And that's every day I make the decision to show up and do what I need to do to be where I want to be, essentially. So that's I made a decision every time, you know, so when you, you reached out to me and you told me about the contracting class, I said, I'm making a decision and I'm taking this course. <laughs> and that's with and, Ebony and, Green, folks. Look up Ebony Green. Um, yes. It's SLP yes. Contracts Queen on Instagram. Yes. And Ebony is phenomenal. And she's just shared so much. Uh, inspiration as far as, you know, gaining contracts. And just, I just can't explain how much this whole journey has helped, you know, and with meeting you and then um, being introduced to Ebony. And then Ebony has introduced me to some of her mentors. So it's just a continuum of so many people that I've met all and I mean, these people that I haven't even met in person, but in talking to them on the phone and, and chatting, you know, it's like we could hang out tomorrow and have a cup of coffee and it would be like we haven't skipped a beat. Like that's how genuine I feel about these relationships and the people who've helped me to this point. Um, so it's just tremendous. I mean, and the amount of information that I've learned from there and kind of really getting me on to learning more about contracts. And and I can't tell you, like, I feel so much more confident now with looking at that information where I didn't before. Um, So it's definitely the greatest decision to, uh, again, make the decision to start um, and then make the decision to invest in what you want to do. And sometimes I know those monetary things can be hard, but you have to think about if it's 
an investment. It is something that's going to benefit you in the long run. And so there hasn't been an investment that I've made thus far that has served me wrong. Like every investment I've made has made my practice grow into what it is now. So definitely I don't regret anything that I've done investment wise. (laughs) I love it. You are, you are such an inspiration. I want to make sure that people know where to find you on the web and also on social media. So can you share your links so people can look you up? Yes. So you can find my personal Instagram. Um, it's at Kalonda, C-A-L-O-N-D-A underscore X-O. And then you can find my business Instagram is Broad Horizons Beach. And you can find me there on Instagram as well. And so I share a lot of information on both platforms um, and, and really just being able to share both sides has been tremendous. You can find Broad Horizons on Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page there and are very active. And so, yeah, come come find me. Come, you know, I'd love to meet everyone. <laughs> Well, and also, you know, as someone who listened, or at least I would think not just one person, but people who are listening to this are going to say, you know what, if she can do it, I can do it. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. that is my number one goal for the podcast is for listeners to hear the people being interviewed and realize that they are just regular SLPs who decided to take control of their professional and their personal and their financial lives Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. make a decision. And yep. <laughs> yes, so, I agree. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Kalanda. I hope that people look you up, send Kalanda a DM and say, hey, this was my biggest takeaway. You know, uh, thank her, you know, for her time and everything else, sharing her expertise, her wisdom and everything else. But, you know, you are truly an inspiration. Good for you for getting started during a pandemic and growing. And I cannot wait to see what happens to you. If you had this much growth in this year or last year, rather, imagine what will happen this next year. I'm hopeful. I know that it's going to happen. So I'm just excited and waiting. And again, thank you for this opportunity to have me here. Um, And I really do hope that my words serve as inspiration to someone, because like I said in the past, I've listened to your podcast and been so inspired by so many SLPs doing amazing things. And it's just truly incredible about what you're doing and how we are just changing the game of our profession. You know, it's like we're taking back control to a sense because We are now, you know, being in control of your own schedule, your finances, you know, your time off and now being a mom, being able to decide, well, I'm going to go, you know, to my son's Christmas party today and I don't have to ask anyone if I can go, I can go and, you know, I can arrange my schedule to be there and just do things that I never thought that I would be doing. And like I said, coining the future profession. That is what I'm here for. And that is what I look forward to doing throughout this process. We'll keep doing it. Yes. (laughs) So how impressive is Kalanda? I hope that hearing her story really helped you see what is possible for a regular stuck SLP who decided that her clients deserved more and she wanted more for her life and also for her family. She had a dream and she went for it. 
And like I said in the introduction, if she was able to accomplish all of this in 2020, imagine what she'll be able to do in 2021. And I can't wait to have her back for a Where Are They Now episode. There are so many lessons here. And I would love it if you took a moment to DM Kalanda, she is at Kalanda underscore XO, and also me at Independent Clinician, and share your biggest takeaway. But the one that I want to leave you with is what she talked about, about deciding to be ready, that the decision is the hard part. But without making that decision, without committing to becoming a successful private practitioner, you won't reap the benefits of that freedom, flexibility, fulfillment, and financial abundance that you're after. So if you're stuck, and if you've been stuck, make a decision. Decide that you were made for more, and that your clients deserve more, and then go out there and get it. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week. I decided to invest in the Start Your Private Practice program because I honestly had no idea where to start. (laughs) And I just didn't really have the confidence or the know-how to be able to do that. So it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. It was all there for me. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.